That clock must be slow. Good morning, Lake Gibson Facebook family and friends. How are we today? Yeah, right. Amen. Everybody's doing well. Well, that's good. Welcome, and whether you've joined us here in person or online or whether you join us uh, at some later time, this is a recorded event. Thank you for joining us today, and I sincerely pray that God will bless you for this and that you'll be uplifted during this time. If you're new to our service here, especially if you're online, if you go to our online website, which is found at LakeGibsonUMC.com, y'all got that already, right? LakeGibsonUMC.com. If you go there, there's a connection card. If you would fill that connection card out with that information, there's a list of seven, I believe it is, charities there. And if you'll check which charity you would prefer, we will donate $10 in your name to that charity. And thank you even now for filling those out, and thank you for your generosity there. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the best way is probably email. Our email is office at lakegibsonumc.com and or pastor at lakegibsonumc.com. If you send it to the pastor address, no one sees it but me. Uh, so you can respond in that way. Of course, you can call us. Our phone number is 863-858-5431. We're there Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Any events that are coming up, we try to post them online, post them to our Facebook page as well as our website. Don't forget, we have coming up May the 15th, an antique car show and motorcycle show. And I believe the men's also going to have some uh, vittles there for you, you know, like hot dogs and stuff. So uh, write that down on your calendar. Immediately following this service, there will be a Zooming the Peace, is what we call it, hosted by Dwight and Phil Kitchens. And thank you, Dwight and Phil, for doing that. If you would like to join that, just go to the website. The, the Zoom link is there. Also, there's Zoom links on our website that you can join Miss Sue's Sunday School class at 9.15 on Sunday mornings, or you can join my Bible study, which is on Thursdays at 1 p.m. And right now, we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. As I said, all those Zoom links are listed on our website. Next week is a communion Sunday, so if you're not going to be here in person, get your juice and your bread ready if you're going to be joining us online so that we can celebrate communion together. I'd also like to announce to you that there will be a celebration of life for Ms. Mary Beth Kuhlman tomorrow. It will be held tomorrow, Monday, April 26th at 2 p.m. at the Foxwood Lake Estates. The Foxwood Lake Estates. Any other announcements? Yes, I believe, Sandy, do you have an announcement? You sure? Yes. Yeah, yeah, but hang on, come on up here and let's get a microphone. Let me hope, borrow the microphone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on up here. Take off your face still so people can see your face. It's cloudy. It's cloudy. I don't want to see through the veil. But he, Sandy is our SPPR chairman, and today is Announcement Sunday. Okay. There. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Obvious. It's not on. It's, not on. It, it's green light. Working now? No. Nope. Is the mute on? I touched it. Obviously, I didn't realize I was supposed to be doing this today. But the best part of it is, officially, we never received any notification from 
the district, which means only one thing. He gets to stay. Yay, right. <laughs> so I think we are all thrilled to death about that one. So, yes, for once they got something right, correct? <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. We ready to worship God? Let's go to him in prayer. Even if you're here, you may want to write it down or get ready to shout it out. If you have a prayer request or a praise, go ahead and send it in so Christy has time to get it ready for us at the end of the sermon here. Okay. Dwight. Y'all know, know our fearless leader on the finance committee this year, Dwight Kitchens, who hosts the Zoom also. He was in the, week, uh, in the office this week, and he and I were talking about the latest books that we had read. And Dwight and I both use the public library quite a bit. He's a little more of a pro at it than I am. And he was showing me how I could go in on their database and find some books. And I shared with him the books that I was reading at the present time. And I'm reading a mystery series that's written by Linda Fairstein uh, about a New York prosecutor. Um, and anyhow, he made the offhand remark, too bad you can't build a sermon around those. Okay, And I thought to myself that, right, I can't. I don't want to. But anyhow, I'll bring you back to that in a minute. In the last few weeks, God's been dealing with me about what we call the doctrine of atonement. The doctrine of atonement basically says this, that Jesus Christ died on the, on the cross and his blood paid for mine and your sin. Okay. The argument around the doctrine of atonement from other people is this, though. If God can forgive sin, why did he require somebody to die, especially his own son? That's, that's the argument against it, okay? In fact, that's where modern-day theology and philosophy comes in with this humanity thing, if you will. Well, like I said, God's been nudging me on it. He started me with, with a magazine article from a Methodist preacher that said, I've come back to the doctrine of atonement, and I just sit there and scratch my head. How could you come back to something when you should never have left it? Because if you left it, you're not saved. But th th that's my thinking. Um, you know, here, here's what happens. We use this word, or Scripture uses this word, that says Jesus paid for our sin. Well, we don't like that word sin. Because that word sin, there's, there's no argument against it. You, you can't excuse it. You can't justify it. Now, what we want to do is say, well, we made an error. Or we didn't know. Or it's just my nature and take the guilt out. Well, sin doesn't let us do that. Within society today, there's this thinking that science and reasoning can solve everything. You don't believe it, pick up the paper, start reading it, start listening, start listening to what people are saying, including people in Congress and other places, okay? They're saying if we just all come together and we all work together and we get the right knowledge and everybody agrees to do the right thing, we can solve the problems ourselves of evil, of injustice, any, any problem we've got. We can solve it ourselves. Well, can we? Because if we can solve it ourselves, we certainly don't need God. We certainly don't need a God that died on a cross, do we? And while there's good intent behind the ideal, and I agree, we need to come together to work to solve some of the problems we have, 
The biggest problem we have is we keep ignoring that word sin. And we're not going to ever solve the problems because everybody in the world is not going to get on board because there are just some things that some people aren't going to do because it's going to cost them too much. Just ask my wife when I take her down and say, hey, we can buy this. It's only $300. I'm not spending $300 on that. You're the same way, aren't you? Sometimes, there's some things, it's just not worth it. Well, it costs us too much for some things, and we can never pay for our sin. We all want our own way. We're all greedy. We're all like babies crying for the next feeding or for a change or for somebody to pick us up and hold us. We all have this drive in us to survive, and we're going to do whatever it takes to survive, even if that means breaking the law. We've got this thing in us that's called original sin. It's in scriptures. We see it way back with Cain and Abel. We see it, if you want to go far enough back, we actually see it in Eve. When she reached up and, if you don't see it in Eve, if you give Eve the break, Adam, me and you's in trouble because you ate of that apple willingly. It's there. But don't tell the philosophy people about it because they'll explain it away. Yet, we have it. Scripture tells us we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us comes up short, if you will. Scripture's absolutely clear about that. But Jesus forgave us of our sin, did he not? Just as he forgave that woman that was caught in prostitution that was dragged before him, just as he forgave that Samaritan woman at the well who had been married five times and was living with the sixth man, Jesus forgave them, just as he forgives you and I. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, we'll say we believe that. Don't we? Anybody here not believe it? I see no hands raised. Have it on the internet. Anybody not believe it? Any, any responses, Christy? No. But, most of us will take that and then we'll say, yeah, but, now you've got to start living right. Now you've got to do this. Now you've got to do that. Now, now you've got to come to church. Now you've got to tithe and all that other stuff that you want to talk about. Now, back to my book series. You wondered how I was going to do this, didn't you? I didn't want to go this way. I was really working on another sermon. But like I say, God and I had been wrestling with this atonement deal a little bit. And in my book, the police liked this person for a series of murders, but they couldn't ever prove it because all the DNA they had pointed to a member of the opposite sex performing these murders. All they had was blood DNA. Now, this book was written in 05, I believe, so DNA's come a long way from there, but just listen. Here's what broke the case. They found out the gentleman that they liked for the murders had had leukemia. Y'all know what leukemia is, right? Cancer of the blood and the bone, basically. And there's only one cure for leukemia. That's a bone marrow transplant. Where whoever the donor is, they normally go into the hip, pull out a bunch of bone marrow, Mix it up, put it in the bag, and give it to the person with leukemia. The bone marrow is what makes the blood cells. And the new bone marrow from this donor would then start taking over and make the good blood cells that the leukemia victim needed. Here's the catch, though. 
when that new blood cell donor's Mara takes over, you now have the blood DNA of the person that was the donor. That's what was throwing him off. And when they found out he had leukemia at an earlier age, and they found out who the donor was, now they were able to nail it down and to convict him and arrest him for his crimes, if you will. But as I read that, I thought, wow! That's what you and I need. We need the DNA of God in us to be the children of God. And the only way we can get that DNA of God in us is through the blood of Jesus Christ off the cross. That's it. That's the only way. Now, now, understand something. And this applies to you and I too. When that person had leukemia, they could do nothing themselves to get well. They had to lay there and accept the blood that was given of the donor and allow that blood to do its work. Guess what? You and I can do nothing to get well ourselves. We have to accept the blood of Jesus Christ and allow it to do its work in us, just like a leukemia victim would. But at the same time, the leukemia person has to do something, and here's what they have to do. They have to be in a sterile environment for so long before they can ever get the transfusion or the transplant. It's a transfusion actually, but they use transplant sometimes, same word. They have to be in a sterile environment after they get it because there can be no infection. If they get any infection, it's likely to kill them. So just like a new Christian may need to get in a sterile environment for a while to allow the blood of Jesus to take over, that means Maybe you can't go to the bar anymore. Maybe you may have to watch out with some of the friends that you hang around with. You can't gossip with that gossip in the office all the time. You may have to alienate yourself for a little bit in order to allow that blood to take effect in you. And then you can go back and witness to them. Now, you say, that's real good, preacher. Well, Frankie, thank you for saying that. Now I'm going to show you the scripture that backs it up, okay? So we're going to Scripture now. First Scripture is 1 Peter 1, 18 to 25. Peter here, he writes, You know that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors. By the way, that feudal way you inherited was the law, and it's trying to get around original sin, okay, which we all have. You were ransomed with it, not with perishable things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without defect or blemish he was destined before the foundation of the world but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake through him you have come to trust in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are set on God now that you've purified your souls by your obedience to the truth so you have genuine mutual love love one another deeply from the heart you've been born anew not by perishable but by imperishable seed through the living enduring word of God and this word is the good news that was announced to you we've been made free because of the blood of Jesus Christ we've been forgiven because of the blood of Christ we've been renewed because of the transfusion we have where Christ's blood now dwells in us People say, well, I don't get that. Well, 
I can't help you the, on that. I, I can just say that's what it takes. But, you know, the other thing is we've always been redeemed by blood. Even in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they had to offer sacrifices of animals. In the Old Testament, in Exodus, when Moses was asking Pharaoh to let the people go, remember that last plague, the plague of the death angel, when the angel come over and every firstborn was killed? Male firstborn. Now, it did not happen within the Israelite community because, because they had been instructed to take an unblemished lamb to sacrifice it, to take the blood and put it over their doorpost. And when the death angel saw that blood on the doorpost, he would pass over them and their people would live, which is exactly what happened. It was the blood of that lamb that saved their children and themselves from destruction. That blood of that lamb and the blood of the animal sacrifices was a forerunner, if you will, a symbol of the blood that was coming through Jesus Christ in the future. It was a forerunner of that blood that's going to come at Calvary. Here's how the law put it in Leviticus 17.11. Moses wrote this to them, told them this, The life of the flesh is in the blood. I've given it to you for making atonement for your lives on the owner. Notice what that says. The blood is for the making of atonement. That's forgiveness of the sins. That's atoning for your sins. That's being brought into God's justification, if you will, for your lives on the altar. For his life, it is the blood. It's the blood that makes atonement. Way back in the Old Testament, the claims made, it's the blood of the sacrifice that will take away the sin. Forgiveness comes at a price, the price of blood. As Bonhoeffer said, grace is not cheap. Grace costs Jesus Christ, our Lord, his life. John the Baptist said about Jesus, if you remember, as he was walking on the banks of the Jordan River, John saw him coming and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. In the very beginning of John's gospel, he wanted us to know Jesus Christ was the one that would be. This is a fancy word, by the way, the propitiation of our sins. You'll read it in the New American Standard Bible. Basically, what it means is Jesus Christ was the one that paid for your sin and forgave you. He's the one that did it through his blood. Early on, John told us that. He wanted us to make sure that whosoever will believe in the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you would be covered. He made it plain. The Apostle Paul understood this. Now, remember who the Apostle Paul was. I mean, you remember who he was, Charlie? He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. You know what that means? That means he was a Pharisee, his daddy was a Pharisee. By the way, most of those Pharisees they could quote the Old Testament forward and backwards. They had it memorized. Paul knew it. Paul had been instructed in it from his early days up until the time that he was roughly 30 normally. He would have been instructed in it. And yet, Paul wrote this. Colossians 1.20. Through him, him being Jesus, through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, Notice what this, by making peace through the blood of his cross. By making peace through the blood of Jesus' cross. Paul got it. Paul understood 
that we're only saved, we're only redeemed, we're only forgiven because of the blood of Christ. And he kept repeating that every day. And if you remember, at one point, he wrote to the Corinthians, I believe it was, I preached this gospel to you. Why are you turning away? You need to keep the gospel that I, I taught you, if you will. He repeated this in Ephesians 1.7. In Ephesians 1.7, he said, In him, again, him is Jesus. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Make sure you tie those together. God's grace comes through the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary. That's the only place it can come from. After his Damascus Road, Paul continued to preach that. That it was through Jesus' blood that we're saved. But he's not the only one. And John... He's not the only one. John got this. Remember, John's the one that Jesus loved, according to John, the one that put his head on his chest and all that good stuff. Look what John said in 1 John 1, 7. He said, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, himself is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Did you catch that? Cleanses us from all sin. Even the sin that we're coming up, we're going to do this afternoon or tomorrow or next week or whenever, cleanses us from all sin. Wow. What a promise. Our sins are forgiven. They're washed away only in the blood of Calvary. You cannot be forgiven without the blood of Calvary. There is no way. You're just fooling yourself. Anybody who says, I don't sin or I don't need God's blood to forgive me, sorry, you're going straight to you know where. It can't be done. Here's how the writer of Hebrews put it in Hebrews 9. He's talking about sacrifices. He says, how much more, more than the animal sacrifices, how much more with the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God. How much more is Christ's blood worse? The, the animal sacrifices that were given for the years. Writer of Hebrews continues in 10.10, and he says this. I think. There you go. Well, says, it is by God's will that we've been sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once and for all. That offering of that body was given on Calvary. We're made holy. We're sanctified. We're made right with God because of the blood of Christ. And then a few verses later in Hebrews 10, 14, he says this. For by a single offering, he, being Jesus, has perfected for him all time those who are sanctified. How? By the work he did on the cross. By the blood that came from the cross. It's his work that we proclaim. It's his glory that we bask in. It's his blood that has the power to transform us from sick sin filled creatures to be sanctified saints. It's only in his blood. Now, give me just a minute here. To those who may be watching or to those that may be sitting here, have you ever really made a confession of faith and said, Lord, I want your blood to cover me in sin. I want your blood to fill me and to transfuse yourself in me so that I can be one of your children, if you will. 
Remember, children have the DNA of the Father. If we're going to be God's children, we need to have his DNA. And Jesus gave us that right. So I, I want to ask you two things here. If you've never made a confession of faith, I'm going to ask you to do that. And if you're on the internet, shoot me an email at pastor at lakegibsonufc.com and let me know you've done this. Now, there are others of us that we made a confession of faith maybe 25 years ago like me. And yet, you know, you know, Linda, we've done some things that we're not really proud of. We've done some things that we know aren't right. We, we, you know, and we think, well, you know, God don't love me as much anymore because I'm not the person I need to be. Well, maybe you're not, but Jesus' blood, remember, paid once and for all the price. He already knew you were going to sin. You just need to confess it to him now. Let him cleanse you and go on with your life and live a happy life again. But there are a lot of Christians who go around like this because they just feel like they can't be forgiven. Like, it don't matter what it was. Moses was a murderer. He killed an Egyptian, remember that? David was a murderer. And yet God says he was a man after his own heart after he confessed to his crime in Psalm 51. You know, we could be forgiven. All we have to do is bow our knee before him and let him know, Lord, we're pleading your blood and we're asking you to cover us with your blood. So join me now. If you're one of those, and just join me wherever you are. You can kneel wherever you are. You can kneel in your seat if you would like to in the altar. If you want to come up to the altar, if you're in the sanctuary, that's fine. But kneel with me, bow with me, and let's pray. Father, we come to you and we praise you. We praise you, we praise you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your atonement that was given on Calvary. And we come now saying, as James did, Lord, we can do nothing to earn our salvation. But we come and accept the blood that you have poured out for us. We ask you to forgive us of our sin and to change us to be more like you. We ask you, Lord, to allow your DNA, if you will, your blood, to redeem us and to flow in us, to transform us to be your children, full of your love, helping others and showing others, telling others the story, as we say, of Jesus, the cross, and the goodness of God. We ask in your name. Amen. If Miss Glenda will come, we're going to close and we're going to sing another old time hymn. It's called Power in the Blood because there's power in the blood. And as you sing it, sing it like God is, is really touching you this moment, giving you that power, changing you, transforming you, saving you, making you live into his will at this time. Miss Glenda, where did... Oh, there... Man, here I am waiting to go... Stand with me if you can. The word those of you gathered here. Yes, ma'am, Sandy. Safe travels for your son. Okay, any others from in the audience or congregation? Okay, Christy, what do we have? Terry Sorrells, Lynn, a friend from Canada, has a cancerous tumor and part of her colon removed, praying all the cancer is gone. Okay. Traveling mercies for Sherry, Jack, and Laurel heading back to Illinois. Have a safe trip, guys. Elaine, Elaine Grimes. Good morning. Happy birthday, Judy Sadwick. Oh, okay, Judy. Happy birthday. Ginger Fredrickson. Prayers for her brother, Sean, who has health issues. Also, nephew, Matt, who just had surgery. 
Then Meski is asking us, thank you, Lord, for continuing to guide me in my travels, especially when I think I know better than you. Sounds like she must have got lost. <laughs> we don't listen to GPS sometimes, do we? Just like we don't listen to GPS, God positioning us, maybe. Anyhow, Ronna Faye Herrick, thank you, Lord, for blessings on our travels thus far. Please continue to guide us and protect us. Yes, Ronna, we need you to guide Bob back here. That's all? Of course, we also want to pray for those families that have lost loved ones. Um, you saw the submarine that went down with 53 people in Indonesia. Uh, the memorial service we're going to be having tomorrow for Mary Beth Coleman. We want to pray for their families and others that have lost loved ones uh, this week. Um, the three-year-old that was killed last Sunday. Many of the others that we've read about on the news. So let's go to God in prayer at this time. Father, as we come before your throne of grace again, Lord, I'm just thanking you for the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thanking you that you make it plain within your scripture that it's only through Christ that we are saved. It's only through Jesus Christ that we allow you through the Holy Spirit to take over our body that we can really become children of God and do the things that we need to do. Thank you for that. And even now, I just pray that that power would work in each of us, those who have heard this this day or who will hear it in the future, that that power would work in us to give you the glory, to give you the benefit, to bring people into your kingdom, to let people know that they can have life and have it abundantly through Jesus Christ. As we come to you, Lord, your word instructs us to reach out and to help others and to lift them up in prayer. So we lift all of those that have been listed this day up. You know their needs. I pray for those that even now are dealing with cancer and other things. And I know we have some even in our midst that have dealt with or now are dealing with leukemia and other cancer. We think of Betty and others and we lift them before you and just even now ask you to allow the medicine and the procedures that doctors are doing to work in such a way that they would have a better life and that they would have less pain and they would be able to give you glory for what you do even today. Pray that you would guide doctors who are on the front lines, treating people that you would give them mercy and, and a, sense of, a sense of the fact that they are actually representing you in many ways, Lord, that they're doing ministry as they tend to these sick people. Let them be compassionate. Open some doors, give them some breakthroughs as they run different experiments to find out how to defeat these diseases that we have. And Lord, you know the other things that are going on, those that have lost loved ones. We think of those Indonesian sailors that, that perished. We think of this little boy that was ran over and his family that are suffering. We think of Mary Beth Kuhlman. And you know, you know all the others that we've read about or that we've got in the back of our mind and we're thinking of even now. For those that have had brothers or sisters or whatever it may be, such as Ginger, even now that have gone through or are going through different procedures. Be there amongst them. Give, them. give them a calmness and let them know that you've got them, that you're going to carry them through this, and we're going to give you the praise for it. Now, Lord, we pray for our nation, our world. Pray for those who are over us in leadership, that you would lead and guide them. Your scripture says that you can turn the king's heart like channels of river, channels of water, so I just pray, Lord, that you would turn the hearts of the leaders of our nation to you, that you would allow us to base the decisions we make on the goodness of God and on your precepts and your laws. We ask all this in your precious name.
Amen. Amen. I remind you that if you would like to support this ministry, you can send your donations to Lake Gibson United Methodist Church at 424 West Daughtery Road here in Lakeland, Florida, 3309. You can go on the website, LakeGibsonUMC.com. There are links there that you can give a one-time gift or you can set up reoccurring gifts. You can even give by text, by texting to that number there, 833-758-0308. No, Jim, don't ask me how to do it. Call Dwight. If you, if you have problems, call Dwight. Uh, also remind you, that Zooming the Peace coming up at 1130, as well as the Bible study uh, Thursday at 1 p.m., 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Remember next week's Communion Sunday. You may want to get your bread and juice ready if you're going to be watching it on, online. And don't forget Mary Beth Kuhlman's Celebration of Life tomorrow, 2 p.m., Foxwood Estates Clubhouse. That ends this particular service. Go in the grace of God and the peace of God. May God be with you. Amen.